This episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Casper. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses that you can get delivered to your door for a fraction of the price you pay in stores. To learn more, visit casper.com slash supertrain. And by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. No credit card required. Enter the offer code SUPERTRAIN at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace. Hello. Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. How's it going? Oh, good. Good, good. Happy Monday. Thank you. Happy Mondays. Yeah. Um, are you good? Yes. Have yes. there been any uh, exciting new Apple events? Well, I'm reporting live from the floor <laughs> here at the major Apple event. We have updated the terms of service. Yes, I've seen it. It's amazing. It's amazing. Did you agree? What choice do I have? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, <laughs> you okay? I, I just agreed, and uh, you wouldn't believe what happened. No. You have to be a millennium to understand this breakup story. Yeah, you have to be a 90s kid to know how to use iOS 10. iOS 10 is neat. I'm going to send you some stickers. Listen, I haven't upgraded yet. Oh, and I keep hearing about it. Oh, it was it was problematic. No, 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 no. The opposite. Oh, it's amazing. Like I'm like, and somebody says, "Oh, sorry, I was just uh, watching my phone." Like, tell me my own future. And I was like, "Well, how does it do that?" Yeah, you're, like, you're probably getting so messages. You're probably getting messages from people that say "sent with lasers." Are you getting that? Or "sent with confetti"? Mm-hmm. No, I haven't gotten that yet. I'm talking well, about IRL. I'm talking about I'm walking down the street with people IRL. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. lerp yep. on the phone, and it's like, why? You've, you're even lerp more than you normally do. It's fun. It's really fun. Okay. Is that, now, let me ask you this. Is yes. the resolution higher? Mm. Did they increase the resolution from 1,028 PPs to uh, 400,000? Well, once you get the update, you'll see it's, uh, it's about 1,029 PPs. Uh-huh. Yeah, you want to get as many PPs as you can on screen. That's why it's waterproof. The um, It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of neat stuff. This is, uh, except for you, who seems like poison with electronics, it's a fantastic, very solid update. That's it's, sweet. Uh, yeah, this the stickers are fun. Uh there's an there's uh there's lots of stickers and uh and and then there's an there's an app you can get where you can remember your favorite animated gifs and easily add them from any of your devices. Really? You can you can add gifs? Mm-hmm. Hmm. You just click. That's all you gotta just do. Click a gif. Yeah, well, you know, um I've always listen, <clears throat> this is a dirty secret. Yeah. I've always been confused by how to how to make and save and store gifts. Yes. Well, the Photos app does not handle them well or consistently. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't even know how to begin. Mm. I, I, I've tried to save some, and then it saves it as like 4,000 pictures. No, that's no good. You don't want that. But I can never get it to play again. Mm. There's some... Have there you tried rewriting the encryption? Mm. I mean... Um, you know, uh, it's weird because sometimes, uh, you know, I'll just, I'll just copy and paste a link and sometimes it works and sometimes it goes to a page and sometimes, but, uh, you know, start off, start off easy, start yeah, off easy, easy. That's what I've got to start off, start off. Do you back your phone up, John? I, I should probably ask this off air. Do you back your phone up? Do you mean, do I back that phone up? Do you back that up? Bom, 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 bom. Is that a hip hop song? Uh, I think it is a reference to an idea. Back that, that phone up. That is part back of a hip hop cosmology. Up. 
get a little plug or get a little iCloud. Back the phone up, up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you ever had someone back an ass up to you? Oh, uh, I was at a bachelor party one time that I'd love to forget. Yeah. <laughs> now, that you've, now that you've even said those words, I want to forget it. Yeah, I still think about it once a month, and I, I shudder at what, oh, what no. I did. What, oh. I did terrible things at that, and I, I didn't enjoy it. Oh, no. I spent a little more than I should. It wasn't fun. Oh, I, I, you've, I, we've been in a strip club together, right? Yes. You know it's not my thing. I know it isn't. You, 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 I think I am probably the greatest. I'm the one that should have dollars put into his underpants <laughs> because it's quite a show to watch how manifestly uncomfortable I am, and I can't even begin to hide it. If I can recall correctly, you sit with your knees together, pressed together, with mm. a briefcase on your lap. <laughs> and I don't mean like flat on your lap. I mean standing up. You like popcorn? <laughs> yeah, with your hand, with your hands on the lock. Yeah, just waiting for the waiting to look, looking through the gloom for an exit sign. Uh, yeah, it, it's a lot like my posture from my early days of going to amateur improv shows oh. where I just kind of, I have this, this rictus of a smile on my face <laughs> as I gently rock back and forth. <laughs> All right. I'm going to need something you find in a bathroom and a pizza <laughs> topping. And, uh, oh, I'm oh smiling uncomfortably now too. Oh my God. You know, dick jokes are funny. Just do dick jokes, mm-hmm. but don't try to make that improv. Poop, poop, dick, poop, poop and dick. Dick and. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me this. Yes, you there. Do you? (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember your dreams? Yes. You do? Yes. You wake up in the morning and you remember your dreams. I can remember my dream from last night. And you remember it clearly? Uh, Parts of it. There's an entire episode of uh, the show I do with John Syracuse about this because he is utterly perplexed by why anybody would want to remember and record the, as he calls it, brain garbage that is dreams. I'm intrigued by dreams. I don't find them meaningful, but I'm intrigued by them. Like, for example, last night I was eating fast food and I had made friends with a comically large uh, fuzzy bear. And uh, the bear walked in front of the, uh, uh, the restaurant I was in and waved to me and had the voice of Leslie Jones. So that, that's a nice feeling for me. That's I like Leslie Jones. Dream. Would you, have, wouldn't you be pals with, with a big grizzly bear that talk like Leslie Jones? I am. I already <laughs> am. I know that bear. But, yeah. Uh, but that's wonderful. And um, it, do your dreams fade throughout the day? So by the end of the day, you're kind of like, ah, there was a bear and they talked like Leslie Jones. But early on, are you, when you genuinely first curious? Up, are you genuinely curious about this? Because I'll tell you a little bit. I'm fucking really curious. Okay, that. yes. Uh, well, what happens is I will have dreams, sometimes very intense dreams for what feels like a long time, and then I wake up, and I've, been, I've made a practice of trying to go back into the dream, and I have a methodology that I use for that. But to answer your question specifically, yes, it does fade through the day, but a la the phenomenon of mm, primacy and recency, I'm not sure. I remember dreams from the night before as I'm going to sleep sometimes. Oh. You know what I mean? Not primacy and recency, what it's called. Uh, locus and locus parenti. It's when you're able to remember a dream. But no, they mostly fade. Sometimes I write them down, and uh, they're very, very uh, silly. How successful have you been in pursuing a lucid dreaming strategy? You see... Uh, not very. We should talk to our friend Grant about this, because I think Grant made quite a study of this at one time and knows lots about it. You're talking but, about Grant Balfour, Balfour of, the, of yes. the South African Balfour. The South African uh, Germanic tribe. Yeah. And uh, I have been very—actually, I hate to admit it, because, you know, I, 
I don't know. It feels like we're getting into Morgellon territory a little bit. Morgellons. Yeah. But I, um, yeah, I'm very interested in that idea. Because partly it's, I mean, I accept the idea that what we call a dream, I, I described this to my daughter, and I was trying to describe, like, you know, the, what, what I mean by brain garbage, which is that mm-hmm. your, you know, your, your mind, I don't say brain, is doing lots of filing and Work lots of figuring blur. out. Yeah, foul, well, if, foul, you're, if you're foul. sleeping enough, stuff is happening. And the thing is, it's not garbage in the sense that it no. takes useless images, but it is a fairly weird, as I understand it, a fairly weird, random synaptic mismatch. Like, why did I suddenly think of this person that I met one time yeah. in 1982 in a dream? A chunk, a chunk, a chunk. But it's brain garbage. But it's, it's, uh, I'm, fa- I'm you, fascinated by it. Did you ever work in a, in like a, uh, in a job where you filed things? Yes. Right. You were good at this. You could always find the Maisie Glotz file. Yeah, I could get right to the Maisie Glotz file. Well, I just think of it as like files, files, files on, you know, it's files all the way down. Mm, I find it, there's certain kinds of things. I think this is one way in which you and I are probably more alike than different. There are certain kinds of what other people consider mindless tasks that I really enjoy. I enjoy sorting Legos. Oh uh, yeah. Oh would, fuck. Just say just when when you just said that. Yeah. I realized that there's an emptiness in me. How will we sort them? Will we sort them by size? Will we well, sort them by color? Will we I, sort them by kit? Will we sort them by how often they're used? Will listen, we don't put sort the little, them by kit. That's well, right. That's lame. I know. But I mean, will we take the little things that could be used as lights or flowers mm-hmm, and put mm-hmm. them into this little uh, this little uh, tackle box that I, I don't have for a this bin. purpose? <laughs> I don't have a bin of Legos. So right now, so I don't have a tackle box. Mm. As you know, I have several several tackle box style boxes. Yes. Full of political pins and other things that probably many of our friends would consider garbage. Well, these are your, your your cigar box type system. Well, except I have other I have larger boxes, bigger than cigar boxes, that are not meant for like tied flies exactly, but mm. like but they're but they are a they're a cut different from like somebody's um, little wooden wall decoration where they keep all their thimbles like oh, i know a, what you're talking about like uh like a box like one of those wall boxes what do you call that there's yeah, a name like for a, that like a, yeah some kind of display a memento mori uh, uh yeah like, I know. Uh, those were very popular a menagerie. they're a little menagerie when we were kids those were very popular we had some friends that had one for their uh, late lamented dog and had a photo and his favorite chew toy and that was on their wall yeah, and uh, the 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 thimble. You remember in this in the seventies, people displayed their thimbles or their, uh, you know, the the little spoons, uh, spoons, right? Or the bells that you would get in truck stops for yes. different states. And you need a box for that stuff. Well, this my collections, if you'll if if you'll allow me, Please. are contained not in those, but in a similar like structure. But it has a glass lid, so. So you can see the stuff, but it's under glass. And I don't mount them on the wall. I keep them stacked. Oh. Kind of like, you know, like a like a modified little map rack, but miniature. I like the sound of that. Full of pins. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I don't have I have I have not solved the Legos conundrum. Mm-mm. Because Legos are a thing obviously to me as they are to you and to everyone and i uh i desperately want legos in my life again i think probably 70% of the reason i was excited about having a kid was that i could get legos back in my life you get trains and legos trains and legos mhm 
But when I go to the store to shop for Legos, when I go to the Lego store to shop for Legos, when I make pilgrimages to Lego places, Mm -hmm. I become so confused and baffled and dismayed by what I find at Lego stores, by which I mean they're fucking shit-tastic expensive. Yeah. It is, they're entirely built around kit. There's brand, it's a whole like brand and marketing thing. They're like, I, I don't want to build an Eiffel Tower. I want a box of Legos. And, yeah. uh, and then you can go to those places where they have the Legos independently in bins. Uh, they're like $14 a piece. They're incredibly costly. And, uh, and so I don't know where to begin. I wander around the Lego store for like two and a half hours. I pull things down. I'm like, if I took this like Lego princess castle apart, would I be able, or can you make other things with them? And then I, I leave empty handed. I've gone online <sighs> yeah. and I've said, sell me your 1979, like, like wash tub full of Legos, which is what I'm imagining. Um, I've, I, I, but I've never pulled the trigger on one of those. Are you looking more? Uh, well, first of all, if you'll permit me, I will. I will gift you with something today. <clears throat> I will send it to you through the Amazon because, like, I, I, I'd like to do that for you. Are you interested in just a whole bunch of classic, like what eight nubbin Legos, that kind of thing? You want classic bricks? You're not looking for a lot of flibbity jibbity. That's correct. Okay. Oh, what I was looking at right here. That's a good one. Is the Lego Classic Large Creative Brick Box. This is 790 pieces. Oh, that seems like a lot. It comes with a lot of standard old-style bricks, many different colors. It comes with wheels. It comes yeah. with screens. It comes with windows and doors. You can that's make houses. That's nice. See, but that's it's just a big-ass box shaped like a Lego oh. that has 790 pieces in it. So okay. I'm gonna, I'd like to gift you that to start, and I'd like to gift you with the classic sand base plate on which you can build these things. Sand blaze. Oh, so it's sand colored. Yeah, you can get the big green one too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what also is neat? Did your, did your daughter get into Duplo at all? Well, we did get into Duplo, and we built things out of Duplo, several uh, princess castles, as you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, we built, uh, she likes to build rooms and, you know, bedrooms and, and kitchens and garages and bridges. But the Duplos just didn't have the precision yeah. Well, they're for, you know, they're for little hands. Yeah. And then people started giving her Lego gifts, but they were like, here's a, like a, like a cool motorcycle mama. She's got a, she's got a, a dirt bike and this is a little, it's like a little diorama, right? There's a palm tree. There's a tent where she's spending the night. There's her motorcycle. And then there are 50 tiny tiny little chokeable chokeable upon little things like here's her little here's her little matchbook yeah. and here's her little you know like her magnifying glass this and her- sounds like the franchise called friends mm. which is seems super lame but has some of the best weirdo pieces ever mm. but but you know they're always going to say about duplo was the cool thing because they're lego and they're awesome the, the Duplo and the, with accommodating size uh, pieces with bricks, you can use your Duplo and your Lego together. No. So if in our case we've got a, we've got a butt ton of big bricks, so if you want to have the base of your your castle, like your wall, your fortification, you could make that out of Duplos, and then you could you could you could sexy it up with uh, you know turrets 
And, Come on, this uh, is it, crazy talk. I, I thought the same thing. It occurred to me one day, this is Lego, I should see if this works. Now, it doesn't work for all of them. It's got to be the same size and everything. Yeah. But yeah, they, yeah. They, they do work together. It's, it's kind of brilliant. Mm. So, are you still at a five-digit address starting with one? Yes. Okay, I'm going to send you right now. It'll be delivered today. You're going to get the classic large creative brick box, uh, 10698, the classic sand base plate, and the classic green base plate uh, supplement. May, may I do that? I mean, that's, uh, that's, a, that's wonderful. It's wonderfully thoughtful of you to do this, yeah. to, to try and solve my Lego connection. I'm not trying to solve anything. I just want you to have Legos. Because, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, here's the thing. Okay, it's ordered. Um, here's the thing. Uh, it depends. It's a Sisyphean task, like yes. all things involving parenting. Well, unlike everything I do, uh, I, I use the word Sisyphean 15 times a day to describe something I just did. Right, right. It just keeps rolling back down. Sisyphus, I'm, Sisyphus, I'm, Sisyphus, I'm, Sisyphus all the way down. Every, every day. I mean, I'm, so I should say... <laughs> I should say my way of disclaimer. Our entire, our entire, co- our house was professionally cleaned on Friday. Our entire, our entire living room table is currently covered with Lego. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was professionally cleaned in order to make a clean agar base. Because you know what a kid loves to mess up more than anything? A professionally cleaned room. That's right. Mm-hmm. Perfectly professionally cleaned room. I want to. I want to get to the Sisyphus, but but just here's the thing. This it depends on. I've said this before. You know, as you know, I'm a productivity guru, a retired productivity guru. Right. I think a big part of success in one's career is to figure out what about one's occupation is necessarily hard, because that is the reason, as they say, you get the big bucks. Because this part of it is necessary, dif- necessarily difficult, and there's a reason that not everybody can or will do it. Like right. some people are really good at fixing automobiles and other people write excellent pop songs right. or, or what have you. Then you have to figure out the part of your job that is not necessarily difficult, but you find it to be difficult. And can you improve that? Uh-huh. And the part of success is figuring out how much you can tolerate the stuff that's difficult, but not making your job good. How much of the stuff is difficult that you can fix? You see where I'm going with this. Oh, boy. So this goes for parenting too. So if you just happen to be a person who likes sorting Legos, but don't mind that it won't matter in 10 minutes that they were organized, you're good to go. The right. problem is if you think that the, the flower and light nubbins should always stay in this drawer and you think, you know what I'm saying? Pretty soon yes. you're like the guy in the Lego movie and you're, you're putting the craggle over everything. Right, and then this guy over here. You got this. <laughs> what I I what, do not tolerate racism. <laughs> I have, um, I have evolved in the course of time. Yeah, because because of evolutionary biology, John. I have personally evolved into a different species because of evolution. Mm-hmm. Right, I have naturally selected within myself. Oh, you're talking about that the uh, the, the hidden arm that that causes evolution you you've right. been you've been the arm and the armed upon i think what i think it's the will of something that wants to evolve in its next generation mm. that wills that evolution to happen right that wills the natural selection to take place in a certain way by by virtue of choosing interesting yeah so and so something like a lobster hasn't evolved to that yet uh well a lobster is just a mosquito that evolved into a lobster, mm. right? The first mm. mosquito. It's, a, it's like, like a tasty sea roach. Well, it sort of, it, you know, something, some bug, let's call it, landed on the water and was like, nice. And then said, in the future, I hope my kids can swim. Huh. And then those kids were swimmers. 
Okay. Oh, right? you want you want better for your kids. Yeah. And then the swimmer kids were like, what's on the bottom? Mm-hmm. One day, I hope that my kids can swim to the bottom. And then they did. Their oh, kids uh, did. You know what? I'm tired of having the, the, uh, the short life hmm. of, of my progenitors. I would like my kids to live longer than me, maybe upwards of 100 years. Well, somewhere along the line, some mosquito... I don't know whether it was intentional, whether they just went to the bottom because they were looking for pearls mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then realized that the cold water kept them alive longer. Okay. Or whether on the surface, the mosquito, the, the, the proto mosquito, proto lobster, I'm sorry. Yes. Post, post skeeter proto lobster mm-hmm. said, I want to live longer. I know that cold produces longer life. Oh, I, sen- I sense it. I'm going down. You get what I'm saying? I'm going down. One ping only. <laughs> I am broadcasting to you from California. What? I have uh, I have now established my mobile podcasting rig. You sound great. Are you plugged Which, in? Oh, so plugged in. I'm plugged into the whole. I'm plugged into the whole. Fuck network. me gently. You sound so much better this way. And Ugh. it all. Fits into a small bag. Into a small bag. My entire podcasting operation now fits into my shoulder bag, which goes in the overhead compartment in an airplane. Does this include your your fancy podcasting mic? The whole thing. Everything. It all goes into a couple bags. One of the bags, actually, that goes in the small bag. Because the bag, the small bag is very small, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but one of the inner bags, which is smaller, is a an old padded laptop bag that you gave me one time, hmm. back in the day when laptops needed to be ensconced in their own special bags. Yes. Um, that you needed to take out of the bag and then take the is laptop that, is out it of that, that bag. Uh, SF bags, that uh, Wakefield, uh, is it like a foamy Velcro bag? Yeah, it's kind of foamy, but it's not Velcro. Velcro. I think it was one of your earliest ones. Oh, sure. A bag that you used when you had when your laptop was as thick as a paperback book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I find like it Like very, a Russian paperback book. Like a, yeah, that's right. Like a Russian book, a trade paperback mm-hmm. from Russia in 1890. Estravia. Uh, and that bag actually does not, it contains the microphone and the headphones, which are in a separate small bag. It all goes into that small bag, which goes into the small bag. Oh, I, sp- love, I love a bag in a bag. It's three bag. It's a bag in a bag in a bag. <laughs> Go ahead and say it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's bags all the way down. So here I am and I'm in California and it's all, but you know, the number of um, the number of opportunities to feel like Sisyphus in California, mm. uh, it's exponentially more opportunities because there are all these people in California that I have to correct because they're profoundly doing it wrong. Yeah. And, uh, and then, are, are you course, in the, are you, I'm just guessing are you in the Los Angeles area? I am in Los Angeles area. I'm oh in, brother. But what they God, say, you must what, be, you must be exhausted, John. All day long. Just what, just what you see. You go outside to get a newspaper, pick up a coffee. The kind of stuff that you're going to see people walking around and acting like that is normal or acceptable behavior. It's insane. You could, if you tied a copper wire around the top of the first man bun you saw, mm-hmm. and then as you walked, you're spooling, co- I'm talking about a very thin copper wire. Mm-hmm. As you're walking, every time you saw a bun on a man or a woman, a top bun I'm talking about, not a back bun. Sure. 
you wrapped the copper wire one more time around the next bun you saw, and then you let those people keep going, you're spooling wire, wrap it around every bun you see for an hour, and, you know, and you're, you're kind of trying to make somewhat of a loop. Mm-hmm. You run back into the first person. You wrap that copper wire around their bun one more time. You've made a Tesla coil. I, you know, Tesla was on my mind as you were saying that. That's yeah. like Tesla's dream right there. Right. And, it, and it's happening in L.A. right now. All that, all that energy, all that energy is just, it's tears and rain. It's not going anywhere. No one's, no no one's, one's harnessing the energy of the man bun circle. And it, and and you and there are so many man bun circles, in in like, of different things. Yeah, that people could be taking advantage of here, and they're not. So many. I mean, obviously, I've made a big, <clears throat> I've made a big to do about how uh, California coffee culture drives me crazy. Hmm. Uh, but there are so many other things to be uh, to be insane about down here that I I can't even worry about the coffee people. <sighs> I went to a Whole Foods in California last night. Very, very interesting experience. There was a lot more shouting. Everyone's angry. My experience of Whole Foods is that everybody is very angry and impatient. Yeah, impatient, angry. There were some people walking around that seemed to just be shouting, which seems normal. But then there were other people that were shouting at others. It was just a very tense situation. I was like, hey, man, we're all rich. This is water, buddy. Yeah, just chill, chill, chill the fuck out. You're paying $14.99. Uh, a pound for salad bar. I put on my kale just like everybody else. <laughs> Why are you upset? Yeah. Nothing to be upset about. You're they, got, they got a hot bar. You can go there. They'll, they'll, just, they'll just sell you macaroni and cheese in a box and you take it home. How, well, how, how can you be mad about that? How could you be mad about that? Jesus Christ. You paid $25 for macaroni and cheese. Have you ever done that? You ever buy hot bar? Um, Brother, that'll put a dent in your wallet. You get two nice slabs of meatloaf and some macaroni, that's like 60 bucks. Yeah. You know, back in the touring days, Mike Squires used to, he went through a phase where he decided on tour he was only going to eat food that was from, a, from the hot case in, in gas stations. <laughs> so we would drive and we'd pull into a gas station. Oh, and he'd, God, that's, he'd, such, that's a, such a bad idea. Well, this was, it was Mike's. Is it just it, a thought experiment? It, yeah, it was during Mike's, you know, period of like, how much self-hate can I put into a basket? Oh, in my mouth. And uh, so we'd pull into a gas station and it's like, you know, everybody jumps out. You're going to go get a bottle of water or you're going to go into the bathroom, pee, get a coffee or whatever. But you could get, you could get like, uh, what, what's, that, what's that awesome one the New York Times wrote about? You could go get uh, cheddar and sour cream ruffles, which I've discovered are possibly the greatest food in the world. Ooh, I am barfing at the thought of yeah. cheddar sour cream ruffles. Um, but no, he would go in. And but he that's would but there are known things you can get. You do not need to explore the spinny meats. <laughs> so obviously, JoJo's everywhere. JoJo's are what tie hot cases together. <laughs> and then you've got your <laughs> the community of JoJo's. It's just like everywhere's and every JoJo's different. Don't mm-hmm. think that it, that that JoJo's are the same. Hmm. Um, not all JoJo's. Not all JoJo's. Uh, and then you've got your little like uh, enchiladas or whatever. They're not quite. It's not clear what what are they? They're taquitos, <laughs> but for legal reasons, they have to call them like enchiladas. Yeah. So there's them, and then there's egg rolls sometimes. Yeah. Right, because it all goes in a hot case, and you've got mm. your fried chicken. Sometimes you'll have just a like a German sausage, and then all the things that get put into like a bread like a like a deep fried bun, right? Sausage, deep fried sausage. Yeah. 
And then the little hot-wrapped sandwiches in tinfoil, chicken sandwich, sausage sandwich. Try and say sausage sandwich <laughs> five times fast. Sausage sandwich. I can barely sausage sandwich. Sausage, sausage sandwich. <laughs> it's making me hungry just saying it. Sausage. And so uh, Squires lived on uh, on hot case for a while, and it was like <laughs> remember, and it, and the, none of it, none of the uh, rest of us supported it at all. It was just like stop doing this. Uh, uh, it was like that McDonald's. A guy who ate a McDonald's every day for a year, except it happened way, way faster. His the, all the color went out of his face, except for like red blotches. Oh, and <laughs> he both gained weight and also lost <laughs> definition. Oh God! Right, he was he was transforming before our eyes. He into became a, a schmoo. He did. It was a schmoo. That's <laughs> exactly what he was. <laughs> I don't think, see, you know, one thing that we, I think we talked about this when we were having our weird Chinese lunch, but I had this impression that, especially when it comes to Asian foods that are served in America, a lot of the stuff that gets served is, first of all, yeah, heavily Americanized to, to our palates and tastes, but also that it's the kind of food that you would eat every five years at a wedding on like a tiny plate mm-hmm. that you, you would not have like all you can eat anything of like what gets served at those kinds of places. Yeah. We, yeah, we did talk about that. My, uh, my girlfriend who lived in China, who was a vegetarian, and she would go to these meals, uh, and they would serve like a big platter of you know, meat, meat parts or whatever, and she would say, do you have any just like vegetables and rice? It's kind of what I would prefer. And they're like, what? We would never serve an honored guest right. the food that we eat every day. It's like asking like, to sleep on the dog bed. Yeah, she's like, no, that's what I want. Just the food that you normally eat. And they're like, ha ha, fat chance, American tourist. Yeah. You're going to get the, you're, you're going to eat our once a year meal. And then you go to, I, I went to my favorite, not favorite, let's not call it favorite. Every Christmas Eve for the last dozen years, my mom and I made a plan, made a, made a pact a long time ago that we weren't going to play Christmas anymore. Oh God, I love your family. And we went to House of Hong. My mom and I would go to House of Hong. Uh, and then we would go to the movies, like 10 o'clock movie or something on Christmas Eve. House of Hong. We'd get some almond fried chicken or whatever you do. And then go to the movies. And you go to House of Hong on Christmas Eve, you see all your Jewish friends there. Right? Everybody, everybody in Seattle that wasn't celebrating Christmas is, is in Chinatown. So it's a pretty fun time. And... Uh, and House of Hong was the reliably bad Chinese restaurant, right? It wasn't. Uh, I, know, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. You wouldn't take your friends there if they were coming in from out of town. You wouldn't go. It's not a thing you go to on a regular. It's just like we want almond fried chicken at 8.30 p.m. on Christmas Eve. There's no other place to go. And we went to House of Hong the other night because it was my birthday and my sister wanted, me, wanted to take me to House of Hong. We went and it has changed hands mm-hmm. and everything about it is different. And uh, like the, the old menu had 400 things on it and the new menu has 40 things on it and they came and they were all no good. Mm. And oh, it was, isn't that disappointing? I mean, they were, it was all, it was meant to be no good, but they you were end up marking like, the passage of time by the little things that go away like that. 
Yeah. Like whatever. Do you remember House of Hong? Remember all the Christmases we spent I was there? talking about this just this week, not to take you off, but I mean, talking about this just this week where there's like all these restaurants that we used to go to on like a regular basis that are, that are just gone. And it's, it's such a tiny thing, but it's still like, oh man, I miss the Hofbrau. Yeah. Sure. I miss, uh. Oh, you know, the little, you know, the little man's gone. I told you that. No. Yeah. So the dim sum's gone. Well, I knew we 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 walked by there oh, and sure saw did, that happen. Yeah, now it's now it's like Asian bread. <laughs> yeah, we saw that go down, and we were like, "Hey, yeah, I think we I think we actually walked in and said, hey. You're right, we did. I forgot about you know what we were high on house trotter. Yeah, what happened to the little man? What happened to the little man? <laughs> they were like, ah. <laughs> "What happened to the cats in the kitchen? <laughs> Time, times times change. We're cats in the this, kitchen, <laughs> silver spoon. This is, a, this is an Asian bistro now. We wash our hands. <laughs> Have a nice day. Gross." <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I miss Tori's Egg Cetera. Tori's Egg Cetera hasn't been around for 25 years. I still miss it. Oh, brutal. Tori's Egg Cetera was, was, uh, was the, the place that every single hipster on, in, in Seattle had breakfast, uh, on Saturday and Sunday mornings. There were very few hipsters then, so they could all fit in one restaurant. Oh, that's convenient. But I had that, uh, I had that experience one time of walking down the street, somebody that I, vaguely knew bumped into me and said hey come uh, have breakfast with me at Tori's etc and i was like oh sure didn't you know didn't really know the person but had good feelings about them mm-hmm. went in and uh, they were meeting two friends both of whom were like very charming pretty young girls i was a young man at the time okay we sat down at the table and i just had one of those magic mornings i was i was hungover right so i had that halo of magic yeah. that can sometimes be upon a person when they're hungover. It's like and a it little was, uh, a special extra drink because you, you get a certain kind of uh, uh, deportment toward the world that can, be, that can be kind of nice, can be kind of relaxing. Exactly. It kind of dials you down a little bit. And this was one of those mornings. It was just like that, that time when you walk into a bar and your pool game is just on top and you're just schooling everybody in pool and you're chill about it. And so everybody in the bar is just loving you by the end of the night because you because you can't miss. Mm-hmm. But you but you got nothing invested in it because you're like, I've never seen this before. But you're not. But you don't give your secret away either. Mm. You're just like, hmm. Want to play another game? Pow, pow, pow. It only lasts. The spell is very brief. Yes. It just lasts for one night. But this was one of those mornings where I sat at this table, and I just. I actually charmed the clothes off of all three of these people in the restaurant. And this they is were just, a, was JJ Eggington's. What's what's it called? It was a Tory's Egg Cetera. Okay, all right. And uh, and by the end, it was clear that I could take these three people anywhere and have them do anything. And instead, I stood up at the end of a lovely meal and said, "This has been lovely." Toodaloo. Mm-hmm. And they said, "Wait, wait, don't go." And I was like, I must ado. Mm. I must anon. Mm. And uh and uh, and and waltzed away. And I've always thought back to how my life would have gone differently if I had just either <sighs> taken them sliding doors or gone with them. Yes. And instead it was just like, This has been perfect. I do not want you to know that I'm not this perfect all the time. Right. And so before I say the dumb thing. Mm-hmm. That I surely am about to say, before I ruin this, before my hangover wears off, and all of a sudden I'm talking to you about uh, World War One, I'm going to float off, and you will always hopefully look at the drinking fountain yeah. and remember me. 
Oh, I still do that. You still remember my friend Eric Spurlock? Oh, yeah. I'm going to start doing that to other people because it totally works. Yeah, it does. It's crazy. Oh, my goodness. But you're like your Ultraman, except they can't see your blinking chest. <clears throat> you know the clock is running. You got to go. Because maybe it's a little bit of George Costanza. But you know that's it. You, you've done the best you can. It's all going to be downhill from here. Get out. Yeah, that's right. Anything. If I keep talking, uh, I, I'm going to lose my cool, right? If I keep talking, eventually you're going to look up at the cool barometer and the winds will have changed. Yep. And the and a new and a depression will have moved in. Mm -hmm. And you're like, whoa, my joints hurt all of a sudden. And it's because this guy that I thought was amazing has been talking about uh, the Battle of the Somme for 45 and, and, minutes. And the thing that a lot of civilians might not understand, if you've never been charming in a restaurant, mm -hmm. is that once you've set that high bar, it's extremely disappointing to people mm -hmm. when, when you fall off of that, because then they actually hate you. It isn't that they go back to a neutral feeling. They, they really hate you after that. I, I think I, 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 I'm pretty sure I've told you this story, but uh, uh, the time, another charm night where I was walking along with some friends, and for some reason uh, I was in a suit. My friends weren't. And uh, there was a uh, pizza parlor that was also an art gallery. And it was closed, but the lights were on and the music was playing. And we walked by and sort of just walked in, waltzed in, let's mm. say. And there were half a dozen girls in there who worked at the pizza parlor who were just kind of like playing some music, having a, you know, wiping down tables or whatever. And we came in and... And they said, we're closed. And we were like, yeah, we know. We just heard the music and thought we'd pop in. And they were like, oh. And somehow, right away, we were all dancing. Wow. And this is like a, this is like a 90s film. Yeah. It was like an instant dance party. And we're dancing and the girls are dancing and we're dancing, you know, and, and it was some music that I would never, ever, ever have danced to. It was like Moby or something. And one of the girls is someone that I had seen for years and been intrigued by in the neighborhood. She oh, come bass. on. Really? Yeah, yeah. She played bass in a band. She had her hair. Her hair was like wild and tangled and teased up kind of, but not teased up. Uh, it, it teased up in a way that gave the impression that she never combed it, not that she had ever worked on it for a second. Oh, man. She looked like uh, Lori Petty, mm. um, except with big hair. Jimmy. And we're dancing and dancing and, and like I'm in a suit, a, like a pinstripe suit, but I've got like crazy dance moves. I'm backing that ass up mm -hmm. right and left. And the music's loud and my friends are doing it. And my friends are into it too. And my friends are, you know, my friends normally are like, we can all agree on cheese or whatever. They're not like dance, this spontaneous dance party with some girls that work at the punk rock pizza place. Mm-mm. So the whole thing's going like, what is happening? Nobody can, nobody in the room knows what the hell is happening. And the, and the girl, the amazing girl is now dancing where she's like, she's, uh, dancing with me, right? She separated me from the herd a little bit. Oh man. And she's like cleared out the space around us. So we're not, it's not just like seven people dancing with each other. It's like now we're dancing. And at a certain point, and I'm just like dancing and she's dancing and she leans in and she goes, who are you? And are you ready? Are you ready for this? Yeah. Are you, are you comfortable? I mean, like up till now, this is, this is unheard of. Mm -hmm. Everything, everything's coming up, Roderick. 
So she says, she says, who are you? Like whispers over the loud music in, over my, in my ear, who are you? And I go, like sort of like super chill face. I shrug and go, About, I'm about to say, I don't, you know, I don't know myself. I don't know myself who I am. And she, she like steps back, waiting for the answer to her question. She sees me prepare to say, I don't, I don't even know. I don't, oh. who, who am I? And she, and her face falls. Oh God. And before I say it, she goes, she mouths to me like with a super contemptuous face like oh i don't even know right uh that's your that's your dude bro answer or uh, that's your like and i was just like dead to rights right i mean my pants basically fell to the floor mm. the spell was broken the ma- the magic just fell off the suit yeah, because she you paused, you fucked up because you paused. She looked, she looked at me and was and like, in pausing, she could easily suss out the the of all the array of things that you could say. You were going to say something really dumb, and she figured it out before you even said it. Yeah, and the and and she could see as that corny reply formed on my lips that I was not the person that she thought I was. And you turned like, back into a pumpkin. Yeah. I waltzed into this pizza parlor, mm. started a dance party in a three piece suit, was an excellent dancer and like a, and just like a fucking sorcerer. But in my corn, in that, in, in that one little moment of possible corn, I blew. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the answer to that question is, hi, I'm John. Right? That's the answer. The answer is not anything corny. <clears throat> you don't have to say, I'm the wizard from the north. You just say, hey, <laughs> I'm John. You could have just said, I'm John. I'm and John. I, I am in my corn. <laughs> I'm, I'm John. What's your name? And, <clears throat> that would have been fine. Shit, we'd be married now. <laughs> we'd be married. We'd be, we'd be living on a fucking dirigible. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Squarespace. The simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online store. You can start building your website today at squarespace.com. You can enter the offer code SUPERTRAIN at checkout. That is going to get you 10% off your first purchase. You got to get with Squarespace. Come on, people. Join me. Squarespace. With easy-to-use tools and templates, Squarespace helps you capture every detail of what drives you. Because if it's worth the effort, it's worth sharing with the world. Squarespace puts all the power you need into your hands, and they take away all the pain points. You ain't going to worry about hosting, you ain't going to worry about scaling, and you ain't going to worry about what to do if you get stuck on something. Squarespace, they will help you with this. Mm-hmm. See, the thing is, with Squarespace, you can build a site that looks professionally designed, regardless of your skill level, even if you're a dingus, because you don't got to know anything about coding. You just go make a website. Squarespace, you'll easily be able to make your website look and feel exactly how you want. 
Squarespace has state-of-the-art technology to power your site and to ensure security and stability. You ain't gonna need to worry about that. Squarespace. They are trusted by millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world. I'm not very well respected, but I'm a person. I use Squarespace. I love Squarespace. Squarespace. Their site templates are stunning to look at. They all feature responsive design. That means they're going to look great on every kind and size of dingus. Squarespace. This is just getting started. Squarespace has tons of awesome features. 24 by 7 support with live chat and email. Squarespace's commerce platform, which allows you to add a store to your Squarespace site. And the cover page. You can make great looking single page websites. Rock solid, fast hosting, and so much more. And if you want to stretch even further, you can check out their dev platform, let you dig into the code and tinker with your Squarespace site. Craziest of all, the plans start at $8 a month. Squarespace, sign up for a year and you'll get a free domain name. You can call the site whatever you want. They don't care. Call it whatever you want. Squarespace. So you start a trial with no credit card required. You start building your website today by going to squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up, I don't say if, I say when, you got to make sure to use the offer code SUPERTRAIN like the super train, that's going to get you 10% off your first purchase. With Squarespace, it'll show your support for Roderick on the Line. Our thanks to Squarespace. Squarespace, for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. <laughs> we, <laughs> and her we'd hair, be known around her, the world. Her hair would still be wild, but like turning, yeah. turning a little gray. Yeah, it's fucking tank <sighs> girl. And, and, uh, and they're having a dance party, a pizza parlor dance party on a dirigible <laughs> around the world. She's got a little, she's, she looks like Bride of Frankenstein now. <laughs> oh, God. And, oh, I'm so intrigued. Yeah. And, uh, but, but in that moment, the, what it was was my insecurity was revealed that, that, that this was a night where I was playing a super cool game of pool. <sighs> but I didn't actually, I was not actually that cool because, of, because I was, a, I was corny. Uh-huh. And ugh. 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 That's so, just, so it's, like, it's like me at the bachelor party. Now you're going to think about that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, shit. The, the, that happened. I mean, I was still drinking, right? That happened in. Oh, and was, you still remember it. Well, that, that's your part. Isn't that part of your curse? Isn't that part of your Sisyphean curse? Is, is you have a pretty good memory for, for even stuff you did when you were uh, pretty drunk? When I was drinking, I never blacked out. I never blacked out. And I very seldom vomited i that was part of the part of you know every every alcoholic is different right and i was one of those i was a battleship you could put all the booze in me and i would just keep like i was a i was a d9 caterpillar like i would just and never black out never forget a thing so i saw all the i was i was at every horrible bachelor party uh, where everybody was a bachelor, right? There was no one was getting married anywhere. I, it was just awful times, and and all the the the, the blessedness uh, that is that that quality in most people, where they wake up the next morning and they're like, "What happened last night?" I was like, "I'll tell you what happened." <laughs> I've been sitting here all morning thinking about it. It was a fucking bloodbath. Is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> like I never went to sleep because I'm just sitting here replaying the whole. Oh, that's a nice feeling. And uh, and th- so a lot of that stuff is still with me, right? I mean, I I <sighs> remember I laid down in an alley one time <laughs> because okay. I couldn't walk any further, mm-hmm. and I was like, "This is a nice alley. There's, there's probably no cars ever come down here. I'll just sleep, I'll just sleep a little bit, little sleepies, little sleepers." 
And I laid down in the corner of this alley, which was absolutely full of rats. It, like where, like I found the probably found the place where people pissed the most often for the last hundred and twenty years. Mm. Curled up there, but in my moment was aware enough that I took my glasses off and folded them and put them on my night table, which was a pile of garbage. <laughs> and when I woke up an hour or two later, now, because this is in the middle of the day, this isn't, uh, this isn't like at two, in the, two in the morning. This is two in the afternoon. Wake up in this hot, garbage-strewn, piss-strewn alley. I'm like, oh, that was a refreshing sleep. Do, 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 do. <laughs> birds, are, birds are singing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tweet, tweet, tweet. Uh, still sh absolutely shit-faced. I stand up, and off I go down the street, but I forgot my glasses. Oh, they're still on your nightstand. Still on the nightstand. My vision is blurred enough already that, I, that it's not like, whoa, I can't see. I'm just like, woo, and I get wherever, somewhere, the next place. And I go, oh, shit, my glasses. I better go get them. Turn around. Back to the alley. The glasses are gone. Oh, no. What are now, the chances? Who steals a pair of garbage glasses? And these were glasses that I had made because a friend of mine worked as a like an orderly at the hospital and they and he came home and he was like there's a program uh, at the hospital at, where they make glasses free for poor people and I was like that's me <laughs> and so I had I went because I didn't have glasses at the time and yeah. I went and had my glasses made and they were amazing because this was an era where I think you remember this time sometime in the 90s where all of the shop glasses and like government issue glasses that they made in they in proliferation back in 1961 they were all just like 25 cents a piece and this government <clears throat> program to make glasses for people had the, these incredible 50s style like black on top clear on the bottom oh right like a, like a style that would become it's almost like the what do they call them in um in England the NIH glasses like, yeah, then became kind of fashionable, like Morrissey glasses. That's right. Yeah, and, and it was a thing where those, you know, those glasses were fashionable because they were they were cheap, but you know, like free. But so I lost that pair of glasses, and who would pick up that? Who would pick up a pair of glasses from that fucking pistol? I don't know. Probably somebody else that stopped by to sleep there. Or maybe it was the little birds. Maybe it was the song. Maybe you of the were South in somebody Bird. else's bed, and that was their nightstand. Yeah, that could be. What the hell are these glasses doing on my nightstand? That's my pile of garbage. These will do. But uh, that's right. <laughs> like, like, like that scene in uh, New Adventures in Babysitting hmm. where the girl takes her glasses off and then the little homeless lady comes by and puts them on. Is like, I can see and walks off and then the girl can't. Uh, then she can't <laughs> you see. You really do remember everything. <laughs> She's stuck in the bus station. Oh, no. <laughs> Adventures in babysitting. That sounds like a big part of the adventure. It, well, but it's but she's just in uh, like a, uh, she's a tertiary character. Oh, I see. She's the one that's like in, she's, she's the emergency <clears throat> that causes the babysitter to take the kids into Chicago. Oh, see, I, I don't know this story. So, so she's the MacGuffin. 
She's the MacGuffin. So they have to they have to leave they have to leave the com- comfort of their suburban like John Hughes neighborhood, mm-hmm. and she has to take these three irascible kids, mm. one of whom, the oldest, the little boy, is younger enough than her that he needs a babysitter, yeah. but he's old enough to be in love with her. Mm. Oh, I know that one. And then the little the little girl is, uh, she's, you know, not very old, six or something, seven, but she's in love with Thor, the, the comic book character. Hmm. And so she spends the whole movie in love with Thor until she finally meets Thor in the in the person of a auto mechanic in like the grittiest downtown Chicago. Hmm. Thor played by wait for it. Hmm. So <clears throat> who is the uh actor that you least would think of as Thor? Well, Sean this episode of roderick on the line is brought to you in part by casper you can learn more right now by visiting casper.com slash super train that is on the internet casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses that you can get delivered to your house for a fraction of the price you find in stores a casper mattress it's a beautiful thing it provides resilience and long lasting supportive comfort which is the best kind of supportive comfort Casper's mattress, it's a, it's, it's a new kind of a hybrid mattress. It combines premium latex foam with memory foam. You see, these two technologies, mm-hmm, they come together for a terrific night's sleep. It has just the right sink and just the right bounce. Obsessively engineered mattress made in America at a shockingly fair price. See, here's the thing. Retail mattresses, you go into one of those stores, one of those overlit stores where men in ties want you to lay down. Oh, boy. Trigger warning. Those kind of mattresses, you're going to pay well over $1,500, but Casper mattresses, oh, buddy, they are shockingly affordable. Literally shocking. Prices start at $500 for a twin, $750 for full, $850 queen, $950 for a king-size mattress. That's not enough money, Casper. Ugh. The mattress racket has inherently forced consumers into paying notoriously high prices since Christ was a corporal. Thus has it ever been. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting costs. I know what you're saying to yourself. This is banana balls. There's no way I could buy a mattress on the internet. You are wrong, my friend. You totally can. You go to casper.com slash supertrain. It is a completely risk-free proposition. You're going to get a mattress. It comes to your house. You open it up. It inhales. Well, (laughs) it's not quite that horrifying. And you get a 100-night period to try this thing out. You can't lay on a bed for five, six minutes and decide if that's how you want to spend a third of your life. Go try this out. Casper understands the importance of trying it out. It's shipped to you in a box. And here's the thing. It comes to life as you move it out. I have now had a Casper mattress for over two years, and I love it, love it, love it. It's the best mattress ever. Listeners of Roderick on the Line can get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash supertrain. And you, oh my God, I got the hiccups. I'm so sorry. And <laughs> using the very special offer code supertrain at checkout. I am full of beans today. You go to casper.com slash supertrain. You get a mattress like a gentleman. You're going to save $50. Casper, just go get it. Our thanks to Casper for all the great night's sleep and for supporting Roderick on the Line. Oh, that was fast. That was so fast. No, it's... Never go up. Never go up up against somebody from Asgard when death is on the line. (laughs) No, it's... it's, (laughs) Now I can't. Now I can't unsee it. He'd still be super strong, but he'd be fucking Wallace Shawn. Wouldn't that be great? 
I would watch. I would so watch the Avengers with Wallace Shawn as Thor. Wallace Shawn as Thor, but in the character of uh, of uh, of my my dinner with Andre. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I'll try and be more realistic. This is a movie that's made what in the early '90s, probably. Right? No, I think late '80s. But uh, somebody you'd least expect, and is it is it an actor that I know? Yes. Okay. Um, you know, I I I, I can't even guess. I'm just going to jump right in. Go. Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio. Huh. Well, he's had an interesting career. Okay, now now I'll let myself look it up. Okay. Vincent D'Onofrio, at that very same moment, was also playing the guy in Full Metal Jacket mm-hmm. who was born again hard. Born again hard. He'd already been in the uh, my Bodyguard. Wasn't that uh, him or is that the other guy? That's the I other guy. That's the Gamergate guy. He was in Vincent D'Onofrio... Yes, he was born again hard. What was he in before that? He was in, oh, he was in, was he in, um, was he Men in Black was later. He was in Men in Black, but that was later. But so. Do you ever you confuse look- them? Do you confuse Adam Baldwin and uh, Vincent D'Onofrio? No. Okay. Adam Baldwin has that bald, Adam Baldwin is like some kind of distillation of Baldwinism down he, to all of the like things. He looks like a conceited I, fart. Yeah, like it's all the stuff about Baldwin, Baldwin's, all the Baldwin-esque uh, characteristics mm-hmm. that I don't like. Like I like Alec Baldwin, despite mm-hmm. all the reasons not to like him. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, he's he's one of those. He's an American antihero. Yeah, that's right. But like all the other Baldwins, mm-hmm. you remember when the Baldwins were a thing? Like, oh, the Baldwins were huge. People talked about the Baldwins as if it was a, a thing that mattered. They were the lunts of the nineties. Full mm. Metal Jacket and Adventures in Babysitting both came out in nineteen hundred eighty-seven. Mm-hmm. He was in the uh, an episode of the Equal two episodes of the Equalizer as two different people. Mm-hmm. He was in Mystic Pizza. This is when he was still Vincent Philip D'Onofrio. Mm-hmm. And then what would I next know him in? He's in JFK. I don't remember that. He's in The Player. I don't remember that. But if you look at him... Oh, I remember him being Orson Welles in Ed Wood. If you look at a picture of him as Thor mm-hmm. in Adventures in Babysitting, right? and then you look at a picture of him as the Born Again Hard character, same, same year, mm-hmm. you realize that Vincent D'Onofrio is the greatest American. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Look at oh my goodness! Look at him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and then and then he ends up on CSI, uh, you know, uh, like New Brunswick or whatever. The, right, it's on that show where he tilts his head a lot. Um, but there he is. That's his. That's that, That's where he got his start. He's he's wearing a, a blue like undershirt and he's got long uh, like. Very blonde hair and a, and a red baseball cap. Red baseball cap. And he comes down out of some smoky sky. He's carrying a big hammer. And the little <gasps> girl is like, oh, it's Thor. You're and my he's, Thor. He's actually kind of mean. Mm. And that. Thor's talks- kind of mean, too. Thor, yeah. Thor is very conceited. That's how he ran into problems. Oh, see, I didn't know enough about Thor. Yeah. When I watched Adventures in Babysitting to get uh, okay. all no, Thor. That makes sense. So Thor, when we watched The Avengers, my wife turned to me and said, Thor is basically every guy I tried to avoid at parties at Santa Cruz. Oh, sure. You know? And so the problem with Thor is Thor is very conceited. He felt pretty positive that he was going to be the heir apparent to Odin. And then he got really conceited. And that's when he took away Mjolnir. And he said, he said, you can't have it. I'm, you're stripping of your, your powers. I'm, I'm, you're going to go to Earth and you're going to be you're going to be a slightly disabled doctor. He was a doctor, though, which is nice. Uh, but he's he's stripped of his powers? He's then? stripped of his powers. He has to go to Earth. But then he has he figures something out, something, something. He redeems himself. He continues to be a doctor. He's got a, he's got a cane because he has a walking problem. And when he smashes his cane really hard on the ground, it turns into Mjolnir. And he becomes Thor. I see. That's back and, when we used to do more transformation of the superheroes. And Mjolnir is the hammer? Mjolnir. Yeah, Mjolnir. Mm-hmm. Mjolnir? Mjolnir. 
And Loki is his brother who's also bad? Oh, yeah, he's really bad news. No, oh, see, my. he's the problem. The thing is, Thor is a dick, but Loki is perfidious. He oh. is disloyal. Perfidity is the worst kind of badness. It's the worst kind of disloyalty, for sure. And yeah. so he's, he, uh, and that's the reason the Avengers were formed is because oh. Loki, who, who has, he's, uh, he basically has, he's escaped from his mental jail that he was put in. He goes uh -huh. to Earth and he makes it look like a train is going off the tracks. He, uh -huh. he gets into, uh, uh, Bruce Banner's head. <gasps> and so Hulk goes to try and save the train, but it looks like he's attacking the train. The well, Avengers are formed in uh, circa 1961. The Avengers are formed to go after Hulk because he's a bad yeah. guy. So they bring in Ant-Man because he's a guy who can send his ants all over the world to find where Hulk is. You know, I'm fighting ants right now. California Oh ants. my goodness. You so know my experience. Sugar ants. You're, you know my experience with nor Northwest ants. Yes. Um, and spiders. You know, I, I am legend in, in the Northwest as like uh, ant holocauster, but here... Yeah, and they, and they go in your sink. Holy shit. The ants in Southern California do not kid around. Yeah. Um, when they come upon a lot, you... A lot of them are waiters while they're looking for work. Well, that's the thing. They're the most beautiful ants I ever saw. Mm -hmm. but, but, uh, and, they, and they maybe are... They're the most... Here's what it is. They were the most talented ant in their own communities. Oh, sure. Like the best ant in... They're, they're oh, big ant in a small pond. I'm looking out the window. Two people uh, with buns went by. Oof. I've got my spool here, but I can't get out there. In you know, time. They, they they could they could probably they could pro probably power an iPhone for a couple hours with those buns, but they're not. They're just walking around like that's normal. If you now think about that, if you and your significant other both have top buns, mm -hmm. uh, why wouldn't you tie them together? One, one's positive, one's negative. Right? Why wouldn't you just run a little spool, even if it wasn't metal wire? What if it was just ribbon? People already share headphones, John. You ever, you ever go on public transit and there, there's a couple Chinese kids sharing sharing their iPod? Yep. Like same deal here. That wire could be, I think it's in, in electric, it's called a transducer mm -hmm. or a modem. And th that would be used to, to one of you's positive and one of you's negative. And then that would generate enough power for the iPod with some left over for the grid. If you saw two people walking on the beach in Venice, California, they both had buns and they were both flying kites from their buns. Okay. How would that make you feel? Because it would fill me with joy. I would say... Here are some people. Here are some millenniums yeah, who that, are not that would, lift, that would lift me up for a minute, for Wouldn't sure. It? Yeah. Wouldn't it? Because the kite would be pulling the bun up. I have a Venice Beach problem. Uh oh. Well, it's it's uh, it's 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 uh, it's will, willful unusualness. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? There's a lot of that, but you're going to find that in Ann Arbor too, or or. Uh, all the other arbors. But you got to wear more layers there. True. True. Yeah. But like the willful, I mean, the thing about Venice, I think, is like uh, the, 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 uh, the kumquats are thick on the ground here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you don't mm. have to. Do you remember when being <clears throat> a wasteoid burnout seemed like it was a valid job? Yes. 19, right? and 1982. Remember 1982? Oh, it was it was something to aspire to. And you know, we talked about the the origins of various kinds of valley speak and surf talk. I mean, that th that was some of that has antecedents in well, in our in our groups they call them loadies. But you could say burnouts. I don't know where that came from, loadies, but I guess because they got loaded. But you got the you got the Judas priest drawn on your folder. You usually got a flannel shirt. You fall asleep in class. You're always in the smoking area because yes, high schools used to have smoking areas. Yes. And and, uh, and you're they, like Wayne they were and Garth, except you're not Canadian. Wayne and, 
yeah, Wayne and Garth are too Canadian, first of all, and also like too whatever. Like, what do you call them? Heshers? Is that what you call it up there? You call them Hesher? Is, is that is that a uh, is that considered a slight or a slur? Hesher. I feel like Hesher came later. Hesher. Uh, in Anchorage, we call them stoners. Stoners. Okay. And stoner was a blanket term uh, for any kind of <clears throat> sort of burner. You know, anybody that was. Anybody that was because a stoner would look at you, and I'm not talking about like a like a 65 year old burnout stoner. That's what they were. That's what they aspired to. But when you're an 18 year old stoner, yeah, you, you still <clears> got to <throat> really fight it. I mean, you got to really to, yeah. to kill those brain cells permanently. You're gonna have to really stick with it. And there was a there was a tremendous element of defiance, right? The stoners mm. would look at you and say. I choose nothingness, right? Like I am, <clears throat> this is a valid life choice. Mm. I, uh, I do not care about your bullshit. These men are nihilist, Donnie. That's right. Right. There, no, I, know, I, know, I know exactly. There are no nihilists in a foxhole. Mm-mm. Nope, nope. That was uh, Bertrand Russell. It's totally true, and it was a life choice, and it yeah. was, it, contrary to what it appeared to be, it was not simply a reaction to straight culture. It was seen as an affirmative stance. Mm. And that, I remember very distinctly, I mean, we've all stood at the crossroads. Mm-hmm. And um, we've all looked down one as far as we could, and Till where it bent into the undergrowth, mm-hmm. but there was a moment right where you're where you're thinking like Spicoli is the coolest character in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Perhaps that coolness is also available to me, but Spicoli has made a life choice. Spicoli is on a path. Spicoli, his rapprochement with Mister Hand mm-hmm. at the end of the film does not mean that Mister Hand has converted Spicoli to caring about. That would, be, that would be that would be a different film. It's a different film, right? I mean, the the fact that Mr. Hand comes to his house in the way that he does, mm. that's a wonderful turn. But also yeah. the fact that you know they don't end up jumping into a pool together. I like that a lot. Well, and who is more changed, Spicoli mm. or Mr. Hand? You know, I, I never, I haven't thought about it in a long. time. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I feel like Mr. You're, you're on Hand my time now. Is the one that's right? Mr. Hand has has uh, has has is he is is changed and evolved by the end of that film. Mm. But so I'm walking down Venice Beach and I'm looking around and I have this like, wow, this is, there are stoner burnouts here that are from my time. There are people here who, who came to that Spicoli crossroads and they took the other as just as fair. Mm. And here they crossroads and they decided to just sit there and smoke a doobie. Fuck they, you, Crossroads. They came to the Crossroads, mm-hmm. and they tried to hitch a ride. Mm-hmm. And uh, they saw the devil, and they said, mm-hmm. uh, take me to the other side, or whatever. Right, that's my broom. And so they're there. They're sitting around. They're walking around. They're fucking riding a unicycle or Ugh. whatever. And it's not just the guy that looks like Jimi Hendrix on roller skates. Mm-hmm. And it's not... Like, I sat down there the other day, and there were maybe 10 black guys about my age sitting around on the st- on the stands around the basketball court and they were arguing loud about basketball teams from the 80s oh. and who was the best yeah and i knew all i knew everything i knew every name that they were saying and they were really up in each other's face about it like you know but you're guessing this probably isn't the first time this has come up this is like your old uh, old guy sitting on a stupid turkey 
Yeah. Th- these guys, I think, probably have a version of this argument every day. Yeah. And part of the loudness of it is that it is a performance. Uh-huh. They're conscious of being, we are the Venice Beach middle-aged guys that sit around the basketball court. And what we do is argue loudly about things from our childhood or whatever. Like Iverson, or, you know, they're just like screaming at each other. The Celtic Celtics were the, you know, Celtic Meltics. <laughs> I don't know. My, my, right. My, do you, do you think it's, do you think it's really like, like Apache, Esperanto, Fortran, any other languages? Is it something, are they teaching it to young people? Are they bringing in, are they bringing in new people? Uh, the, or do you have to be of the vintage to, to argue about Larry Bird? Yeah, you have to care because young people are just rolling their eyes at him because yeah. there's been four or five complete iterations of like basketball culture since the since Michael Jordan. But it's kind of like an old uh, black guy version of like slacker, like sitting around and like yeah. like talking about Scooby Doo. There's this moment in time from like 25, 30, 40 years ago. You're still like just just turning over because there was never in in their world, right? There was never a better moment, not just in basketball, but in history of, uh, the bulls versus the, the Celtics, right. Or, or LA, right. Who was the, the big rivalries or whatever. Uh, well, the I think Lakers, in the eighties it was, it was the, the Lakers and the Celtics. Yeah. You got you had magic versus Larry Bird. And, and so that was such, and I, that is just like cast in iron in my own mind. And I didn't care about it. Like, the idea that there would ever be a bigger moment in sports than that rivalry, which was like so profound. And I felt like, I felt like, you know, turning around and being like, well, what about, uh, you know, the Utah jazz, but (laughs) which name still really gets under my skin. The jazz, the jazz. Yeah. Famous Utah, famous for its jazz scene. Right. John Stockton, John Stockton. He played went for the, uh, to, the Bulls, right? Uh, well, he went. He played for the Jazz. Oh. And John Stockton went to Gonzaga, where I went. So Interesting. He was our, and Gonzaga is a, is a college, as you know, that's like basketball is the big thing for Gonzaga. I learned about, uh, you used to talk a lot about Detlef Schrempf. Yeah. I, I learned know. about him because he's on several episodes of uh, Parks and Rec, and he used to play for the, uh, the Sonics. Uh, that's right. That was a long time ago. And the Sonic, so in the early 90s, right, that was Sonic's heyday. And these guys got into the Sonics. They were, they were yelling at each other about, and I sat there because I was loving it. I did not want to be anywhere else. And they yelled at each other about 80s basketball until they were yelling at each other about the Sonics and early 90s basketball, which I still could follow along. Like, I understood the terms. Yeah. But so, so waltzing around down in Venice, I, I see... I see the, the, the culture down there and like underneath the, underneath the level of people selling uh, like Guatemalan pants, underneath the level of, you know, of sideshow barker, barkerism, mm-hmm. the like whatever creepy like sub, like the real Muscle Beach is in Santa Monica, right? There, but there's another Muscle Beach at Venice, sort of like feels like, like the a Muscle Beach at Avenue. Exactly. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's the it's Surla Muscle Beach. I feel like I feel, yeah, Surla Sands Love the Beach. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I want to rescind my remark because I have not been to Venice in a long time, and I realize I sound like a dick. There's there's a culture of performance to what those people are doing, and now I feel like kind of a dick that I said anything. No, no, no. I because because 
I've been to Venice Beach and Venice, California 1,000 times, and I drive down uh, Albert Kinney, and I go to the beach, and I walk around, and I go, there's nothing here for me. And then I leave. And then I, I came back and I did it again. I was like, there's nothing here for me. And then I leave. And then there's a, you know, we stop and get coffee at Intelligentsia. And I'm like, I don't like this either. For years, I've been coming here and saying, there's nothing here that interests me. But now I'm here more as a local and spending the days here. And I find that there's, there, there are levels upon levels. Mm-hmm. That, well, it reminds me a little bit of like uh, in living in the suburbs, like going to the mall. Where yeah. like going to the mall was its own thing. You you were not there to buy a dress shirt. Right. You were maybe kind of there to get an orange Julius, but I frequently went to the mall without a nickel in my pocket just to go to the mall. Sure, you and go that was the a mall. thing that you did. You knew somebody that worked at the Squire shop. It was kind of our version of cruising, like like in a car, like you walk around the mall for like three hours. That's what it was. And we would do that. We would just go. To, we would just go to the mall, and that sounds somewhat similar. This is the third place. This is the third location for people. Yeah, I bought a bicycle hmm? uh, from a guy. I hmm? said, uh, "I need a bicycle," and uh, this guy had a um, like a a, a a rally, an old uh, Raleigh three speed Raleigh that I recognized immediately as a uh, an older Raleigh. Those are a British British bikes, and uh, so I said I'd give him a hundred bucks for it, and he said okay. And then I, you know, I did some searching, did some online searching to try and identify the, the Raleigh. And it turns out it's a 1966 Raleigh, <laughs> which I'm in the process of sort of cleaning up and fixing up. But so now I've got this little, this little vintagey sort of ding ding kind of bicycle. Oh, look at that. Do you have a basket on yours? Uh, so I have, a, I have a rack in the back, and, I'm, and I'm, I want to put a basket on it, but I want, it, I want the front basket to be <laughs> um, one that you can put a bunch of stuff in, right? I want you to be able to put a, like a gallon of milk and a loaf of bread and a stick of butter. Mm-hmm. It would be nice to be able to stick in a standard grocery bag without having to fiddle. Yeah. Like just, boom, and, put it in. And it's like that's kind of a delivery guy bas- basket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to find the right one. Mm. So I haven't, I haven't committed to it yet. Um, but so I'm riding around. So now I'm a local, right? I, this isn't some dumb beach bike that I rented from somebody. Mm-mm. This is my quirky 60s, like three-speed British bike. And so now I'm already feeling like, what's my quirk? You know, am oh, I going right. to get a bowler? Yeah, you know, you're, that, that's, now you're, you're, you're getting to that point where you got to go like, oh, do I always want to sit on the side and watch everybody else dance? Exactly. If this is going to be a party, I should get in there and dance. So yesterday I was having breakfast here in Venice Beach, and a guy rolls up. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Motorcycle? Mm-hmm. Sidecar. Now, what's in the sidecar, Merlin? Bulldog. That's right. And what's the bulldog wearing? <laughs> um, is, is he wearing an aviator helmet? <laughs> was it close? This guy's got a... He's got a pair of goggles... <laughs> It really happened on the dog, and and, uh, and a handkerchief, you know, a neckerchief around. around. That feels like something Jungian, where if you, you like, as you went down that path, there was no way that wouldn't end with a bulldog dressed yeah. as an aviator. So here I'm watching this guy. It's he up pulls, there, and it's like a platonic form of bulldog. That's exactly right. It's a platonic form you of. A, you might not put it in a tutu. You might not put it in a baseball cap. That dog. That dog needs to be an aviator. 
But so watching the whole thing unfold, he pulls up in front of this sidewalk cafe where I'm eating. He talks to some people. They, they take his picture with the dog. He looks like a normal guy. He's not, he's not wearing a, a sunflower costume, right? He's not Peter Gabriel. Uh, he's like just wearing a <laughs> jean jacket. He's got a normal haircut. And, but he doesn't come into the restaurant. He's, he's out front of the restaurant for a while talking to people. It's not clear that he knows any, that he saw somebody and was like, hey, there's my friend I'm pulling over. And then he gets on the motorcycle and he and the dog drive off. And it's like, does he just, is he just touring all the restaurants? It's like Sunday, Sunday morning. I've seen, I've seen people who do that. I've seen belly dancers that do that. I've seen people who just go from place to place doing their performance. Yeah. Doing and, their work. And so as I, as I sat and watched him, and I watched this unfold, I was like, wait a minute. This is a, this is a platonic form. This guy has chosen to be that guy, the motorcycle with the bulldog with the sidecar, with the goggles guy. Now, he didn't invent this. This is a, this is a thing that we all... He's, have, he's, a, he's as, the, uh, as the Hindus would say, he's an avatar. He's an avatar, right? He is the, he is the, uh, the Mark Twain impersonator. But right now, in Venice, California, he may be the only one. He may be the guy. And if I were oh. 19 years old... Do you think it's like a Century 21 franchise? Or are you limited to a certain territory? This is what I wonder. What does he do if, he's, if he rides up into Venice Beach and there's another guy with a motorcycle, with a sidecar, with a bulldog, with goggles? Like, like what if you want to be the parrot guy and there's already a parrot guy? If you want to be talks about the deficit guy... You're going to have to go toe to toe. If you dresses like Mark Twain guy, there's a very good chance there's already addresses like Mark Twain guy where you are. What if you're Jimi Hendrix on roller skates guy? Mm -hmm. Like, there's been a Jimi Hendrix on roller skates on Venice Beach for 40 years. Is it the same guy the whole time? Does he play guitar while he's skating? He does. Oh. He, does he has an amplifier like, on his back, and he's a good he's good enough guitar player that you identify the guitar parts as Jimi Hendrixon, mm -hmm. Jimi Hendrixian. Mm -hmm. But does um, is it the same guy? Does he anoint the next guy? Do you try out for that job uh, when the when the guy's ready to retire? But but the motorcycle huh. guy, I was like, which element came first? Right? Did he have the bulldog? And then he said, right. "Ha ha, I'm going to put goggles on you." And then he was like, "Wait a minute, yeah, this feels right to me." And then he bought a motorcycle with a sidecar. Or yeah. did he have a motorcycle and then he was then he felt like, you know, I've always wanted a sidecar. Because I was a I was a motorcycle person and I wanted a sidecar. I'm gonna guess it went motorcycle for a long time, yeah. bulldog for some time. Oh you strap on a sidecar. Oh. And at that point it's just a trip to the flea market to 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 deck out your uh your animal. So you feel like he sandwiched his way into it. I don't see how it goes backwards. We were watching a Project Runway where somebody made a pattern that was based on their own tattoo, which I found very convoluted. Yeah. I think I think it's like, uh, I don't know if it's like an Occam's Razor thing. Like, you know, what's the most likely order that went in? Because it would be very sad if he started with a pair of goggles. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to back saw from the goggles. <laughs> I... I I looked at it and felt like it was a very real possible. Oh my God, a stoner burnout just walked by the front. <gasps> they're, I mean, they're real here. They're, like, that, they're, they're that close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like clearly he had no, he was like, he, he seriously was the dude 
And right. The titular dude. Yeah, just missing the sweater. Oh, man. It's 82 degrees or whatever. But I looked at the motorcycle sidecar guy, and I felt like the whole thing came to him in a fever dream. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, tomorrow, right. I, like, today I, I am myself. Tomorrow, I'm going to set in motion a chain of events that will, that will, will transform me into motorcycle side dog, side bulldog guy. <laughs> Right? You know, like. Yeah, I'm thinking because last night there was a movie I watched for the fourth or fifth time, which is called, uh, I believe it's a movie you've seen called Deceptive Practice mm-hmm. about Ricky Jay. Mm-hmm. I think you might have seen it once or twice. I, uh, uh, you know, I watch your- it. I watch it fairly regularly because it's yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm he talks in particular about his relationship with I think it was a guy's name Charlie Miller and Di Vernon and how he would go to the Magic Castle and like there was like this this like it was like Fagin. There were like all of these aspire in the seventies. There were all these like aspiring young magicians who would hang out with these guys and like try and get the information. And and they would, he, they'd never give away their secrets. No, he totally messed with them. Like one time, according to Ricky Jay, um, you know, he, Ricky Jay does that amazing thing where he throws a card and it boomerangs back to him. Mm-hmm. And Di Vernon said, oh, look, I, I've done that 39 times. I've never been able to do it 40 times. If you can do 40 times, I'll tell you this effect that you want to know. Mm-hmm. And he did it. And the 40th, he caught it behind his back just because he's a magic guy. Oof. Point being, like, they're all jockeying. They're playing them against each other. They're <laughs> grooming the magicians, basically. But, like, I wonder if something similar happens. Do you have to go and apprentice with somebody else who's a motorcycle sidecar bulldog man? Here's the, here's I mean the thing that scared me. I bet there's a lot you can get wrong, and you might not learn for five years something you've been doing wrong. This is what I'm. This is what scared me. Yeah. The guy. First of all, two things. One, he's wearing a denim jacket, but it's a sand-colored denim jacket. Hmm. And I was like, okay, I haven't seen one of those in a long time. It sounds like kind of a dad jacket. A little bit. You mean like a classic Levi's? But it's in a, it's that sandy color. It's in a sand color. Like a desert when, kind of color. When, when Levi's was making sand-colored denim? I think I do. Is, this is one of those. But it's in nice shape. It's not like ratty. It's nice. Hmm. Second problem, guy looks like Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting wrinkle. Right? Didn't see, that just I'm thinking put he looks back like, on your heels? I'm thinking he looks like one of the biker guys in uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Right. Or maybe somebody like the Malachi Brothers or somebody in an episode of The Monkees. I got that wrong. Yeah, he looks like Tom Hanks, top to bottom. Oh, my goodness. Like skinny butt, uh, sand-colored Levi's jacket. I, I didn't see his shoes, but I'm going to say, like, not boat shoes, mm. but in the in the larger but, boat uh, but shoe But like thing. a slip-on shoe. Do you think there's any chance that all the whole thing was the dog's idea and that guy's just catching up? Uh, th- that's what I wonder. I mean, the dog submitted to the goggles. The goggles came off and on, like, three or four times. Just uh, But the, every time the goggles went on, the dog was just, like, didn't bat an eye. Hmm. I feel like the I feel like I feel like he saw a movie and he had the money to accomplish this task and like he did not seem at all like a roller skate Jimi Hendrix. Mm-mm. He seemed like a guy that works on the on the admin side of film. Right, like all day long, he's around. He works on designing women, or or yeah, sure, uh, or another you know, another co- contemporary web series. Yeah, yeah, he works on a show where uh, the on camera people are quirky, and the writers are quirky, and he's been saving you know, up it, for a while. Yeah, he's in it. Some, he's in the game, right? Mm-hmm. But he's 
you know, he's like the second assistant uh, accountant person. Man. And, uh, and he's like, I'm not going to get, I, you know, I got to I got to up my quirk game here to, to, to play with the big boys in Santa Monica. And the dog seems to like it. The dog likes it. The mm-hmm. dog gets, gets all the attention in the world. But he, see, in my head, I thought, and maybe I'm being a little, little on the nose here. I guess I figured that they would, in my head, there's a 90% chance they're dressed almost identically. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, a thing people do, especially motorcycle people. They like to all look kind of the same. Right. You know, maybe it's you and your, and your mall. Or, or it could be you and your crew, but you, there's a uniform, you wear the colors. I thought that would be kind of a cute thing if maybe they were just the same. Or, you know, it would also be funny if, if it was like if there was a lot of um, contrast. Maybe he's Harpo Marx, but that he would inhabit a certain character beyond uh, the guy who looks like Tom Hanks. Yeah. That surprised me. Yeah. 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 Well, the, and that's it's a world of surprises, and they're not all surprises in the. <clears throat> they're not all surprises in the amps. Sometimes they're surprises in the volts. Mm, mm, you know what I mean? I, I think I do. Yeah. So, you know, you're used to being like, whoa, so many amps. But it's like, mm, it's not really the amps here. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the torque. Yeah, that's right. That's <sighs> yeah. Right. I mean, it's uh, maybe he doesn't want to distract from the dog. I don't think that's it. He's he was soaking up the, the dollars. Maybe right? they take I mean, turns. People are throwing dollars at the dog, but they're going into the garter belt of the dude. I get it. My, I get it. It's like problem, it's a star, uh, star, uh, star 99, star 69 all over Yeah, again. it's star 69. What's her name? Rosemary Stratton? What was her That's name? Right. Was she it in the was, Manson family? Yeah, Who am I thinking of? Rosemary Stratton. No, wasn't, I'm thinking wasn't of that uh, Leslie Clooney's, Van Houten. It was George Clooney's mom, right? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, Rosemary yeah, yeah. Come on to my uh, house, my house. It's like, Mammy. Dress you like a bulldog. I, I do not remember my dreams anymore yeah oh at all you know but, okay so you know you have them but you don't remember them yeah hmm. <clears throat> my i never have nightmares i never have bad dreams my dream life is like this wonderful wonderful landscape i can't wait to get there <sighs> i love staying there it's like a vacation without photos right when i wake up the dream like in the in the moment i wake the dream is there, mm. and then it completely gone with no residue. Ah, like like just crumbles to dust. And when I, well, except except there's no like there's no death to it. It's not like uh, it turns this to, to like crumbled bone. Mm. It just goes like not for you. And Ooh. when that, that's for, me learning somebody's first name. Hmm. Terrible at that. For, does for it, mo- most does of my like life, it doesn't stress you out though. You don't sound well, stressed by it. I I always remembered my dreams. I loved my dreams. I tried to do lucid dreaming. I got two two shots at it. I got a, I lucid dreamed two times. Mm. Wonderful, wonderful nights. I wish I could, you know, I wish I could go back and live there all the time. Remembered my dreams, thought about them, cherished them, reveled in them. I haven't had a nightmare since the 80s probably. Wow. But at some point in the last 10 years, they just, I just don't bring them into the into my waking life, and there's I and I and I feel a sense of loss. But also, I know that my dream life is still ongoing and still very pleasant, and so I have to just, I guess, surrender. Boy, that's 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 kind of weird and sad, though. Maybe it's like Dave Egger says, "That's not for you." Not for you. It's like iTunes reviews. 
Yeah, these whatever whatever like files were were thrown around. You know, there's like. 14 chimpanzees in a in a in a bank mm-hmm. and they're just throwing <laughs> files in the air <laughs> and that's what your dream life is but, Boy, i'd love to have that one <laughs> but uh every morning you wake up the vault door closes and all oh. you see is the last glimpse through the door of the chimpanzees throwing files and you're like buh, 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 and then the door is closed and you're like what can i do i don't know the combination mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Some JoJo's. <laughs> All right. Well, 